The Sabres keep rolling. Another win. This time over the Vancouver Canucks. We'll go through it. All that happened, all the goals, another record that continues to get keep going for the Buffalo Sabres. That is all ahead here on the Locked On Sabres podcast with Joe DiBiase. Your Locked On Sabres, your daily podcast on the Buffalo Sabres. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Locked On Sabres your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms, including our YouTube channel. Be sure to check us out wherever you get your podcasts, including if you want to watch the show on our YouTube channel at Locked On Sabres on YouTube. The Sabres get another W, this time 5-1 to one over the Vancouver Canucks in Vancouver's home opener. We'll break it down. We'll go through the goals. We'll talk about some of the stats in this game as well. And, uh, you know, we'll bounce around the league a little bit with our sail across the Atlantic, the Hack Eichel report, which uh, a yeah, pretty positive report for Sabre fans today on that front. But that'll be way later in the show. Uh, we'll look at how the goaltenders played in this game against the Canucks. and. Um, just some takeaways. Injury update. That was the other thing. Injury update on today's game on Matias Samuelson is coming on Saturday's game. Uh, so all that ahead at Lockdown Sabres to follow us on Twitter. You can follow me at Sneaky Joe Sports. We're always trying to throw up some good uh, Twitter questions, some um, good YouTube questions on our YouTube channel. Uh, also uh, polls and lists. I have those jersey mock-ups you could check out uh, at Lockdown Sabres. You could hit those up there. Um, Buffalo sports fan 35 is where we turn to today for our Twitter question. Uh, and it's a question about Victor Olofsson. And he asks, what does Olofsson bring on the ice at this point? Am I missing something? Kind of an odd time to be asking about Olofsson because Olofsson has been scoring, right? He's been scoring. What's he got? Four goals on the season uh, already this year. He's finishing. He had two goals, of course, against Vancouver that we'll go through on today's show. But what does he bring? A power play specialist. Uh, I think I'd like to get him on the top power play unit, though, because of his skill set in that department. He's just a goal scorer, and that's it. He's going to give you 25 to 30 goals, and otherwise he's an average hockey player at best. He's not a great puck carrier. He's not a great playmaker. He's not great in his own end. He does not really do much else other than score goals. But he does score goals at a pretty effective rate. And yeah, this year, four goals and one assist, although two of those are empty netters. Um, so four goals in five games. I projected it predicted that he would score 30 goals on the season. I took the over on goals for Olafson this year. He's on his way to doing that, of course, with a couple of empty netters helping out on that. But I'm fine with Olafson. The role he serves doesn't cost a lot of money. Doesn't get a ton of ice time. Uh, 14 minutes, 54 seconds so far this year. He's fine for uh, for what he's asked to do. Um, some takeaways from this game. We'll start with my notebook before we go through some of the goals and then also uh, the injury update and some stuff around the league. And the number one thing I wrote down is Darlene and how much of a star he is right now. And just the appreciation for him controlling the game for him finding open guys. There's a pass he made that Paterka, uh, JJ Paterka has on the right wings in the second period. 
and or the first period. And Paterka shoots it wide. It hits the back of the net. And this would have been SportsCenter top three if this pass had been executed. Just fakes out every person on the ice except Paterka where the pass was going. And that's just one one example of all the incredible plays Darlene makes throughout a 60-minute game. Uh, and he's scoring now. He's scoring goals with five goals, of course, in five games. He extends his goal streak in this game against Vancouver to five. He is the first defenseman in NHL history to open a season with a goal in each of his first five games. So every game he goes now, he's just extending that record. He's just trying to make it harder and harder for anybody to break it. And maybe one day, 60 years from now, Baldy Northcott, the eighth, will break that record. That's a joke on uh, Baldy Northcott because he was actually second. Some dude that played in the NHL in the 20s, apparently, is who Darlene broke that record from. Uh, nothing crazy on Darlene's goal. Shot from the point. You know, it just got through. It took a deflection, and you're going to get those once in a while. So good on Darlene. It's a cool record. It's a cool streak that he's got going, and I hope that it continues uh, when the Sabres play the Kraken on Tuesday night. Uh, other things I jotted down from this game. The Sabres controlled... 50 of the 60 minutes. That's how it felt to me. I thought they controlled 50 of the 60 minutes. The second half of the second period, it felt like they got dominated. Uh, They got stuck in their own end a lot. But otherwise, a lot of this game took place in front of Thatcher Demko. The Sabres were finding open guys. They were showing off their speed. They were clearly the faster of these two teams. Everyone on the Sabres can skate. Everyone on the Sabres can skate. Even Labushkin, who's supposed to be one of their more uh, heavy-footed defensemen, even he can move a little bit. So they don't really have a plugger uh, or a plumber, whatever you want to use for that, uh, on their team. So fast, passing, uh, good execution all the way around offensively. Uh, was very impressed with the Sabres in 50 of the 60 minutes. But that's good, right? At 10 minutes, that's fine. You're going to have 10 minutes almost every game where you're not the better team. Um, if you if you give me the Sabres are the best team or the better team in 35 of 60 minutes every single night, I'm going to take that. That means you're the better team on the ice almost every single time. Uh, Dylan Cousins, more chances, and the dude just he is snake bitten right now. And he did get a goal the other night, so he's got one through five games. But man, this guy could have six or seven goals. And on Saturday night, it was a one timer off a pass from Paterka that hits Thatcher Demko's stick, the top of Thatcher Demko's stick. I mean, that is just as unlucky as it gets. That's a lucky save from Demko. And Cousins, like, he got good wood on it. He got the down on one knee, he took the one-timer, he got velocity on it, he put it right where he wanted to, low blocker, above the pad. It was a great shot. That's a goal nine times out of ten. But that's just how his season's going so far. He's getting chance after chance after chance, and he can't see to find the back of the net. Um, but I don't really want to put that on him. I think he's going, he might go on a run here soon, Cousins, of goals, because he's getting so many chances. And if he starts getting the breaks to go his way rather than the other way, um, watch out. The floodgates could open up for him. The injury in this game to Matthias Samuelson. I think all of us had a sigh of relief after the game when the Sabres said, and Don Renato said that this injury was not as bad as they originally had feared. And we all would have probably feared the same thing. Samuelson goes down after an awkward twist of um, his knee and his leg with a Vancouver forward. And didn't we all think that's a knee injury? He's grabbing his knee immediately. I'm thinking at least, wow, that could be season ending. I hope it's not season ending. Hockey, you never know. The season is longer. Skating is different than other sports. 
But I'm like, oh, man, that could be season-ending. Um, and luckily, it's not. It's not severe. He'll miss a little bit of time. Who knows what that means? That could mean a week. That could mean two weeks. They don't ever get into specifics on this in hockey. Um, but good to hear that he's not going to be out like a, an insane amount of time, months at a time. Maybe a week he's back. Maybe a game he's back. We don't really know on Samuelson. I did jot down in my notebook that when Samuelson left the game in the second period against the Canucks, Ilya Labushkin was the partner that played the most with Rasmus Dahlin. Everybody mixed in a little bit. Fitzgerald mixed in a little bit. Bryson mixed in a little bit. But far and away, it was Labushkin who played the most with Dahlin on the Sabres' top pair. And Labushkin in this game goes over 20 minutes for the first time uh, of the, this, this season. He goes over 20 minutes. He had the most shifts on the Sabres, actually, with 36 shifts. Uh, but he comes in at 20 minutes and 37 seconds of ice time. So very short time per shift. Labushkin comes out, gets on off the ice, I guess. Uh, I'm looking at the shift chart, trying to see if I can see anything on that. But I would expect with Samuelson out, Labushkin might continue to play with Dahlin. You really don't know. We'll see what the Sabres do when they practice on Tuesday morning. But I'm expecting Labushkin to play with Dahlin. It, it went pretty well. I thought it went pretty well. Um, he allows Dahlin to move around. He has to play the left side instead of the right side. Dahlin does because Labushkin's a right shot D. But that freedom, that that ability for Dahlin to just kind of move around as he pleases um, is good. Also, that's an edgy pairing, right? Labushkin crushes people. And Dahlin has that edge to him this year. So, I like it. I would keep going with it. Wouldn't would move off it pretty quickly uh, if it didn't go well. But Labushkin uh, with Dalene seven minutes and forty seven seconds. I found it. I was looking that whole time for a number on that at Natural Statric to see if they even had it, and they did. Seven minutes and forty seven seconds uh, of five on five ice time that Labushkin would played uh, with Dalene. Goals from this game. We'll take a timeout. We'll come back. We'll run through the goals. We'll run through the stats of the game uh, before we get to some around the league stuff. That's all ahead here on the Lockdown Savers podcast with Joe DiBiase. We are presented here today by Simply Safe. The numbers don't lie. In the last decade, over 4 million people have chosen Simply Safe home security to protect their home. You don't earn the trust of that many people without doing something right. At Simply Safe, your safety is the only thing that matters. I know because I use Simply Safe in my own home. They protect you with cutting edge security technology powered by 24 7 professional monitoring agents who always have your back. With 24 7 professional monitoring, Simply Safe's agents can call the moment a threat is detected and dispatch police or first responders in an emergency, even if you're not home or can't be reached. Simply Safe blankets your home in protection with advanced sensors for every room, window, and door, HD security cameras for inside and outside the home, smarter ways to detect motion that only alert you when a threat is real, and even hazard sensors that instantly detect fires floods, and other threats to your home as well. Our monitoring experts use proprietary advanced response technology to visually confirm when a break-in is real. So you're not coming home and the dog starts barking and then the police are getting called. They have the technology and the agents so that they will dispatch the police when the threat is real and only when the threat is real. Customize the perfect system for your home in just a few minutes. SimplySafe.com slash locked on NHL. Save 20% on your Simply Safe security system when you sign up for an interactive monitoring plan and get your first month free. Visit simplysafe.com slash lockdown NHL. 
to learn more. There is no safe like Simply Safe. Joe DiBiase back here on the Locked On Sabers podcast. Uh, thanks for making us your first listen every day. When you're done here, make your second listen Locked On Game to Game NHL. Every moment, every top performance, every result Locked On Game to Game covers every game from across the NHL with local analysis that only Locked On can deliver. Follow Game to Game on Locked On NHL, available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. So the Sabers win 5-1. to one over the Vancouver Canucks and improved to four and one on the season. I looked up the other day, the Sabres in October and November, just the months of October and November in the last four years. So 2018 through 2022, they've played 81 games and they have 93 points in those 82 games. So almost a playoff, uh, pace almost a playoff pace in the first two months of the season through four years it's almost getting billsy right remember the bills in their drought they would um they would have what 2008 and 2011 where they started super hot 2008 i think they start 4-0 2008 or 2011 they start 3-0 and of course there's fewer games in football so it's like a longer period of time for them and the season is just derailed after that and they don't make the playoffs and the drought continues it's kind of been the Sabres. They've had these hot starts and uh, they haven't made it before. They've fallen apart. 18, they have the 10 game win streak in November. And that's a lot of that, that record. Part of the reason why the record in the first two months of the season is pretty good is they had a 10 game win streak mixed in there. Um, but one of these times is going to be for real. One of these times is going to be for real. We kept saying that, that to that, that about ourselves with the bills. Um, and in 2017, it was real. They start five and two and they end up making the playoffs. And in 2019, it was real again. And 2020 it was real again. Once you get good, you're good. And you might not know right away when it's actually happening for real. And maybe this time it is for real. I'm optimistic. It is because it's a different group. It's a younger group. It's a skilled group. It is a fast group. That's, I want to keep preaching that every show going forward. I want to, and I set a quota. Just to remind the audience, to remind Saber fans how fast this team is. I truly believe the Sabers are top ten in the NHL in speed. There's no stat to really measure that that I know of. Um, it's definitely just a complete, educated guess on my part. But I watch the league a lot, and I see some slow teams. That Vancouver team on Saturday is a slow team, and the Sabers when they get going, they are buzzing, and you really can't keep up with them. There's some teams that can. Edmonton is going to be one of the faster teams in the league. They have Connor McDavid. Colorado is a super fast team. They have speed from top to bottom. But I do think the Sabres are a very fast team. And I believe Finn agrees, if you can hear the barking uh, in the background there. Uh, or maybe that's him disagreeing. Don't really know. Have, we haven't figured it out yet, our uh, our verbal cues. Uh, goals from this game. Uh, Sabres get five of them. So just running through them real quick. Uh, Darlene, uh from the point on the power play, by the way, in the first period. Sabres power play starting to get rolling just a little bit. We'll see how much that's able to hold up, but a uh, good sign because the first two games, they were pitiful on the power play, and they have goals in three straight uh, with the man advantage. Uh, Darlene, his fifth of the season. Again, he has opened up the year with a goal in every single game they have played. That has never happened from an NHL defenseman. Uh, Darlene on the power play, assisted by Casey Middlestat, his third assist of the season, and Tage Thompson, his second assist of the season. Alex Tuck 
follows up with the second goal of the game. He put the Sabres up two to nothing. Uh, his sixth goal of the season, assisted by Jeff Skinner, which was Skinner's number two assist. Uh, Connor Garland of the Canucks gets his second goal of the season to make it 2-1. Uh, Canucks close the gap, but that's as close as they would ever get. Third period, we've got Victor Olofsson, his third of the year from Middlestat. Middlestat's second assist, a two-assist night for Casey Middlestat. Uh, he is up to five points in five games, one goal and four assists. So good start from Middlestat offensively. Asplund gets his second assist of the game or of the of the season, excuse me, on that Olsen goal. Zemgus Girgensen gets the empty netter. Victor Olsen assists on that. A three-point period for Olsen with two goals and an assist. Uh, Kyle Poso's second assist of the season on the 4-1 goal as well. And then, devastating goal if you're the Canucks. There is no, demo- there's no goal more demoralizing in hockey than the goal that a team scores on you after they've scored an empty netter. So you score an empty netter on them, you put the goalie back in and they score again on you. That is as demoralizing as it gets. And the Canucks fans let them have it after that happened. In fact, I believe that's the goal where a Canucks fan threw a jersey on the ice. And JT Miller of the Canucks and the fan base have been going back and forth a little bit um, on that. But uh, the whole building wanted to, you know, climb out on the ice and attack their team, I think, uh, when, that, when that happened. Olsen's fourth of the year. Darlene gets an assist. Darlene, by the way, the assist on that goal, wow, almost it's going to be forgotten about because the goal doesn't matter. The Sabres already have the result in hand. They're going to win. Darlene, toe drag around Tyler Myers, almost a backhand toe drag, and then swings it out in front. Olsen gets his stick on it and is able to put it in the back of the net. That's a highlight reel assist from Rasmus Darlene. Um, so that was all good, I thought, on that part. And you know what? little shout-out to the uh, the Sabres line of Dylan Cousins, Vinny Hinostroza, and, uh, and well, Asplund. Asplund was on that line, right? I think Asplund was on that line that night, um, on Saturday night. They have been dominant. They've been the Sabres' most consistent line. Paterka, sorry, not Asplund. Paterka was on that line. They have been the most consistent line for the Sabres. They got the most five-on-five ice time in this game against the Canucks with 11 minutes and 24 seconds, uh, just edging out Thompson, Tuck, and Skinner for five-on-five ice time, and they earned it. If you look at expected goals for uh, Cousins, Hino Stroza, Paterka, 61%. Corsi four percentage is a little bit below 50 at 47%. But the reason expected goals four was higher. It was more of these, their shot attempts were scoring chances than their opponent when they were on the ice. And they should add another goal. Uh, Vinny Hino Stroza just barely misses. He goes post to post. How unlucky is that? It goes off the crossbar, maybe then the post and the other post. Just however that goal doesn't go in by Hino Stroza in the second period. Uh, just unlucky on his part. So shout out to that line. They're playing great. They're the most consistent line on the Sabres. And it's a lot to do with Dylan Cousins, but also a lot to do with J.J. Paterko. Other stats in this game. Uh, we'll start with uh, some of the basic stats. Uh, shots on goal. Sabres actually got outshot again. They've been outshot, I think, maybe in every game this season, which I'm not too worried about. I'm more worried about danger, high danger scoring chances and, sh- and stuff like that. Uh, but Vancouver outshoots the Sabres 30 to 24, uh, 30 to 27, excuse me, in this game. The Sabres go one for one on the power play. Uh, the Canucks had four power play opportunities and only score the one by Connor Garland. Um, takeaways, exactly the same 13 to 13, giveaways 7 to 6. A lot of those stats make it look like it was pretty close. Between the two teams. 
And it was, it wasn't too far off, but the Sabres got goaltending. They got very good goaltending because uh, the expected goals for in this game was for the teams, 51.6% for Buffalo, 48.3% for Vancouver. Corsi four though, uh, advantage Sabres again, just barely 50.5 to 49.49. Um, the Sabres though, their heat map, if you look at it, man, look at all of those shot attempts from the front of the net. Uh, against Vancouver. Look at that dark blue circle. And Vancouver's got some dark red over here next to their the Sabres net as well. But that big blob in front of the net for the Sabres. And look where their goals came. Goal, 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 right around the net. Um, so a good good job by the Sabres in like the, the shot selection, I would say, uh, in this game. Um, just a good job overall by them. Um, the other lines for the Sabres, by the way, in this game, they also played well. The Thompson-Skinner... Uh, Tuck line had their best night of the season. Uh, 78% Corsi four rate, uh, 78% expected goals for. So they were on the ice for 18 shot attempts, and they only had five shots against uh, when they were out there. So that's that's dominance. That's dominance. You have the puck the whole time when you're out there, essentially, when you have numbers like that. Uh, Gergensen's Quinn in a poso continues to kind of get run over a little bit. I don't think Quinn is the right line mate there. I don't know what to do with Quinn, though. I might. I don't want to send him down. Um, I think you just kind of got to deal with it. It is what it is. Keep him on that line. Maybe put Quinn back up with Middlestad and Olsen and put Asplund back down. I think Asplund needs to be on that Gergensen to post line. If that's going to be a reliable checking line, a reliable line for defense, I think Asplund has to be on it. Quinn is just not right for that style of line. He, he should be on a line that's going to help him get offense, not defending all the time. Um, that's not good for his development. So if I have a pet peeve with Granado in this game, it's that he continues to put Jack Quinn on a checking line, a line that's more prioritized with its defensive mindset than its offensive mindset. Um, anything else in this game stats wise? Oh yeah. How about the eye on the tendy eye on the tendy? We need like a chicken sponsor for that. We should start reaching out to some chicken restaurants. Eye on the tendy Craig Anderson, uh, 29 saves on 30 shots. He has been great. Uh, in the two games that he played, first against Ottawa and now against Vancouver. Some good scoring chances from Vancouver that he stonewalled. And so far this year, goals saved above expected. Let's put this nice little chart up for our YouTube audience to see. Look at goals saved above expected. Eric Comrie, number one in the NHL. Or excuse me, number five in the NHL. Uh, Carter Hart, number one in the NHL. Four goals saved above expected. Who's number nine? None other than Craig Anderson. Two goalies in the top 10 uh, in goals saved above expected. So a great job by them. And if you go by uh, per 60 minutes, uh, Anderson is actually fifth and Comrie is seventh. So the Sabres are getting phenomenal great goaltending uh, so far this year. But the question there will be, is that sustainable? Because that makes it sound like, oh, you're getting a little lucky. And they are a little bit. They're getting lucky with the quality of goaltending they're getting. They're getting they're getting outplayed more than their record says. They've been good. I don't want this to be a criticism of the Sabres. They've been good. They've been surprisingly good. And I am very impressed with them. But have they been win four of your first five games good? Probably not. But their goaltending has bailed them out. But you know what? Teams get that once in a while. And it's about damn time the Sabres got a year like that where their goaltending steps up for them. And, you know, even if you're getting outshot by a couple, your goalies are going to make up for it. It's about time that happened. And it's happening so far because, again, Anderson and Comrie are having great seasons. Anderson looked fresh, by the way. That could be good for him, too. His numbers were only okay last year. In fact, they were even bad in some categories. He played a lot. 
for his age when he was healthy. So him playing one every three or four games could be better for his energy levels, his freshness, and maybe you get better results out of him. Uh, so I'd go back to Comrie, I guess, is uh, me kind of leaking that opinion uh, for Tuesday's game against Seattle. We'll take a timeout here. The Sabres 5-1 win over the Canucks to improve to 4-1 in the season. When we come back, where do they stand in the division? We'll sail across the Atlantic. Some recent results from the Atlantic division and where the standings currently sit. That is ahead here on the Lockdown Sabres podcast. Welcome back, Lockdown Sabres. Joe DiBiase here on the podcast. Be sure to check us out on our YouTube channel. Like and subscribe us there. And we always appreciate a comment on our YouTube section. Just again, don't get into uh, don't get any big fights with people. We, we're going to keep it clean in the ring there. Uh, Sabres win 5-1 over the Canucks. They improved to 4-1 on the season. That is good for third place in the Atlantic Division. Third place with a 4-1 record. Um, points percentage, though, it is second. Uh, we're very early in the season for stuff like that, but might as well, you know, toss it out there. Uh, standing so far this year, the Boston Bruins are number one. Uh, the Bruins are five and one. Linus Olmark, former Sabres, off to a phenomenal start for Boston. Uh, they have a plus eight goal differential, though. If you'll notice here, I have the standings up on our YouTube channel. The Sabres have the best goal differential in the Atlantic Division with a plus 11. Boston is at plus eight with 10 points, although they have played six games. Sabres have only played five. So, they could tie Boston in that regard on Tuesday. Florida, who beat the Sabres in night number in game number two, they have nine points in six games, one point ahead of the Sabres. They only have a plus two goal differential. Sabres in third. Detroit. We wondered about Detroit, and could they be a team that takes a step forward? They have thus far. Three 0-2, two overtime losses, a plus eight goal differential for Detroit. Uh, Detroit beat Anaheim on Sunday, five to one. Uh, by the way, the Panthers, I should have mentioned, beat the the Islanders 3-2. to two, But Detroit with a blowout win over the Anaheim Ducks. So a good result from them. Saturday, by the way, you had Tampa getting a little bit back on track, beating the Islanders 5-3. to three. You had uh, Toronto beating Winnipeg 4-1. to one. They have eight points in six games. Ottawa wins again with a win over Arizona 6-2. to two. Ottawa's got a plus-5 goal differential. They're 3-2. and two. With six points. In fact, everybody right now in the Atlantic, it's only five or six games, but everyone in the Atlantic is either 500 or better. Tampa and Montreal, three and three, uh, and then everyone else is above 500. So it's a tough division. We knew it was going to be a tough division, and with very early results, it is a tough division. Uh, I don't believe both Detroit, Ottawa, and Buffalo, all three of those teams, will hold up. I think there's only going to be room for one of them. I think Toronto will get in. I think Tampa will figure things out, and then there's one spot remaining. You're fighting it out with the fourth-place Metropolitan Division team, which right now, by the way, would be New Jersey, which is doable. You can beat out New Jersey, um, but... I do think that this division is solid all the way through and Ottawa, Detroit, Buffalo, they could all have big steps up this year and not make the playoffs just because it is that difficult. Um, all right. The hack Eichel report. Want to give us, uh, we'll get an update on Jack Eichel because we're, uh, we're still hate watching a little bit. I'm hate watching, not like severely hate watching. I'll be watching the Monday night a little bit uh, when they play the San Jose Sharks. Uh, Colorado or yeah, Colorado hands Vegas their second loss of the season over the weekend by a score of three to two. Vegas is now four and two on the year. They had they they hung with Colorado though. They played really well. They were right there, toe to toe. Um, good early results from Vegas because even though they got the loss, they looked like they belonged uh, in that game. So, Golden Knights, 
we'd probably figure they'd be back on track this year, and it looks like so far they are. Uh, eight points in six games for them, too. Same as the Sabres, but with one more game played. Sabres versus the Kraken at Climate Pledge Arena. Love this arena. I got some details in this arena for tomorrow's show. If you don't know much about it, you might have heard Climate Pledge Arena. What does that mean? This arena is zero carbon. Uh, it is, you know, it's it's great for global warming and not putting pollutants in the atmosphere. And there's some really cool things that this arena has, including like how the, uh, the ice is made and like the rainwater off the, the ceiling and like other stuff. I, I want to, well, I got some details on the arena that I want to share with everybody on tomorrow's episode, just for a minute, just because I think they're really cool. And then we'll preview the game. Uh, injury wise, will Lawrence pilot be in the lineup? Maybe we'll have more details on that front. I've got, an amazing list of players. I've got the roster the last time Pilot played for the Sabres, which is going to give you mad PTSD. So we'll get to that when we uh, rejoin you on the show tomorrow. So thanks, everybody, for listening. Sabres and Kraken Tuesday night, uh, another late one on Sabres After Dark. So we'll talk to you then. Thanks for making us your first listen every day. Be sure, again, to uh, hit us up on Twitter or YouTube with a comment or question and like and subscribe us wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, and for your second listen, after making us your first listen, go make Locked On Sports Today your next listen. The biggest sports stories of the day, plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day. Love that. Available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. We'll talk to you tomorrow on Locked On Sabres. Later.